This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, this is Bo Bridges, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Well, hello, love. Come in. Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Always happy to welcome back our friend Kat Kramer, Kat Kramer, award-winning singer, actress, producer, and comedian. Kat's latest film, Turnover, now available for streaming on demand. Uh, while you have seen Kat play a host of characters, including soap opera diva, Francis Rye in the very funny web series Child of the 70s. Cat has recently returned to stand-up comedy with performances in Hollywood. She has live shows and virtual performances, I understand, in the weeks ahead, including an event coming up on Friday, October 29th that we'll tell you more about in just a second. Cat Kramer, welcome back to our program. Hi, Ed. I'm so happy to be here. Cat will be performing at the historic Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California. And in many respects, Cat's upcoming performance at the Hollywood Roosevelt on Friday, October 29th brings her career full circle. We'll tell you more about that in just a second as well. In the meantime, as we pick up the conversation, we talk to Cat in general about what inspired her return to performing stand-up. It sounds like it was partially a desire to get yourself in front of an audience Again, but as we mentioned in our open, you have done comedy before, both in some of your work you've done for film and in many of your live performances, including the musical tribute to Lily Tomlin that we talked about during your last visit. But beyond the desire to be in front of an audience, was there any one thing that said, okay, I got to do this? Well, that desire also, Lily being such a comedic inspiration, and, and I'm trying to incorporate stand up into my solo shows and expand that part of my comedy repertoire, but also I'm a founding board member of the Palm Springs International Comedy Festival, and I'm also a judge. And, you know, we have the Stanley Kramer Mad World Award for ensemble feature films. So, festival um, founded by Paul Cruz, and he brought Mom and me on, you know, from the very beginning, and I've been very involved with it. Always wanted to perform and and be involved with that part of the festival and also curate the talent and honor a lot of comedians. But stand-up is so much the basis of what he founded the festival on, so I needed to really go out and just start doing it in order to be a founding member and represent it and also be a judge of the talent. So there was many different reasons, but it just kind of like I had this burning desire to do this for years, to just continue doing stand-up and not a full-fledged solo show or sketch comedy, but just straight stand-up and then incorporate that in there. So that's really the reason I'm doing it, and also for the festival, which will happen again in May of 2022. Uh, We did it virtually last year, and it worked very well. But, um, you know, there's nothing like having that happen live, and that's all in Palm Springs and Palm Desert. Yeah, so that's one of the things we can look forward to in 2022. In the meantime, one thing we can look forward to in the immediate future is our friend Kat Kramer. Kat Kramer will be performing her stand-up comedy routine uh, on Friday, 
October 29th at the historic Roosevelt, Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. For more information, go to the events page at thehollywoodroosevelt.com for tickets and more information. You, you're a clean comic. You don't do potty jokes. You don't use, you don't use swear words. While it may be harder to work that way, especially today, I think you get truer laughs, cat, when you work clean because you're you're relying on your smarts and you're trusting in the audience's ability to get your humor. What do you think about that? I agree and I admit that I did put a couple of kind of dirty jokes in my first routine. I mean, I'm kind of how do I put it? I'm not one of these comics that does the same routine over and over. I like mm -hmm. to change it up, which is kind of could be a mistake, but I'm trying to do as many different routines every time I do it and then just go back to some of the jokes, but like the one coming up for October, because I have a couple performances and also the one at the Roosevelt is more Halloween themed. And so I have even the, my logo has been reinvented into the Halloween theme by Linda Palmer, who, you know, is the writer director of Turnover, but she also is Halloween obsessed. She's working on a documentary with Ray Davis about paranormal and all things Halloween and spooky and all that. So she's actually going to be incorporating part of my um, comedy and live show and solo show about the haunted house I grew up in, which I know we've talked about, into her documentary Halloween Obsessed. So that's another reason I've decided to just do the live thing and, and work the Halloween uh, theme into that because I do plan to make Crescent Drive a solo show just like my duet with Mick, only that theme is about growing up on Crescent Drive in Beverly Hills in this ultra-haunted house and all my paranormal experiences since that time. And the other interesting thing is that the Hollywood Roosevelt, I actually started my, um, my cabaret career there when we first moved back to uh, Hollywood after living in Seattle and New York, the whole family basically. I opened at the Cinegro, which is no longer there, but that used to be the main, probably the main nightclub act mm -hmm. room in Los Angeles. That was like the most prestigious place. And then I know Michael Feinstein came back many years later, and he had a room there. But that whole area at the Roosevelt no longer exists in terms of a showroom. They've now made it a downstairs in the basement. And it's really cool. It just really has this kind of look of a real comedy room or Vegas kind of. It's just really, it's just really plush when you see it. So for me to come back to the Roosevelt now doing uh, comedy is like coming around full circle Plus, the Roosevelt, Hollywood Roosevelt is haunted, so that, that would be a perfect venue to bring up anything in that realm. And you will be performing during Halloween weekend, so if you riff on the haunted history of the Roosevelt Hotel, it would not be a surprise. No, no. And you know, what's interesting is back in, I think it was June 11th, actually, there was a new mural that just opened from the Hollywood Chamber and also the Hollywood Walk of Fame you know, celebrating the um, anniversary and the 60th anniversary of the of the walk and the 100th year of the chamber. And, of course, you know, my father, Stanley Kramer, got the first completed stall on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. So he's featured like three times on this mural. 
And Mad World is also on there, so that's one of the three times. And it's right adjacent to the, I mean, it's like right on the side of the Hollywood Roosevelt. So for me to actually come to the Roosevelt, do a comedy, which is like an homage to Mad World, and then have that mural with him on there three times, he's the only one that's featured on there more than once. I think the word is synergy. I think the word. No, I think the word it's is. All coming together. A lot of things are coming together. Kat Kramer will be performing her stand-up comedy routine at the historic Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, Seven Thousand Hollywood Boulevard, in Los Angeles, on Friday, October twenty-ninth. Go to the events page at thehollywoodroosevelt.com for tickets and more information. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. I never had a chance to talk to Carl Reiner, but I know you and your family know him well. One of the things he talked about, uh, particularly with regard to comedians, is finding your piece of ground as a storyteller, finding your piece of ground as a comic. That one thing, that one point of view that makes your point of view as a comedian, as a humorist, different than anybody else. In your case, part of your piece of ground is... The fact that in addition to being a funny person is that you have, as we just mentioned before, you've got Hollywood in your blood. You've got all this you know, synergy that you will riff on as part of your act and that you really work into your act itself. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is I've been trying to be like socially conscious and global and topical, but I also want to keep that show business Hollywood through line. I've even been so fortunate to talk to Sandy Hackett, you know, who's the son of Yes, uh, Sandy has visited our program, yeah. Yeah, Buddy Hackett's son, Mm -hmm. who's also a comic and and music, and so he's given me some pointers, and I think he's going to come to one of the shows. Awesome. And it'd be great. Yeah. And, of course, Lily has been so supportive, because she did start out in stand-up, even though she moved more into her own brand of it, and solo work and performance art and monologues, but, I mean, she's gotten, like, Stand-Up Comedian of the Year awards, so she really is. That was her base. And so she's given me pointers, and I've been able, fortunate to be on the bill with amazing uh, headliners just in the last few months. Um, and it's amazing that I would just, like I said, that I would take a the COVID time when people are afraid to go anywhere, and they're saying, like, you know, clubs is the most dangerous place. Yeah, because people are shoulder to shoulder, and people are still a little hesitant about sitting in close quarters, shoulder to shoulder with people. But I un- and I understand, and I don't want to give too much away, but I understand that to some degree, uh, in some of the uh, routines that you performed earlier this summer, you kind of use COVID as at least the as part of the opening of your act. I mean, there I understand there are some props. And your entrance yes. itself, I, I understand, is sort of an homage to Lucille Ball. Yeah, like Lucille Ball. I mean, I was just because I love anything with, like, physical comedy. Also, Charlie Chaplin or Peter Sellers. or um, But I don't know. I just decided to, you know, make kind of a statement about all the gear that we have to wear and <laughs> keep exaggerating it. And yeah. Somebody said, oh, it's like an old Phyllis Diller routine. And, you know, I, 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 it's not even my goal to, you know, pay homage even to that. It was just doing it because of the climate in which we live in. But now it's kind of become my signature thing in just a short time. And what is she going to do next? And it's also, you know, just to demonstrate how we've had to become as a 
in our culture, you know, um, you think about, like, are we going to have to wear, you know, hazmat suits or, I mean, is it going to get even more extreme as time goes on? Yeah, you could joke about how this is part of our everyday lives, uh, which is something all of us can identify with while still not making light of, you know, the pandemic itself. It's a fine line, but you pull it off. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's hard. Uh, I feel like I was making fun of it a little bit, so I dropped some of those uh, jokes. But it's amazing how the clubs are a little looser than other places. Yeah. So, you know, they talk about the safety issue, but I found that that is like the number one place because people have to eat and drink and laugh, so they the masks will come off and... People are doing what they can to be back to the old normal as opposed to adjusting to the new normal. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to continue that in my routine till we actually are back to what we're used to. Well, and like a, we ever, the world has changed forever now. The world has changed forever <laughs> now. And like a smart performer, you pay attention to what works, what the audience responds to, and what they don't respond to what they don't find funny, you take that out and you hone it down because it's a comedy routine like any other performance is a work in progress. You're always adapting as you go from show to show. Yeah, and it's a lot of this is new for me and I've you know, also done like Zoom, uh, as I mentioned, Zoom performances or open mics or monologues or even moderating panels. Part of it is, is better, obviously, because you can include more people from other time zones and People have the access that they wouldn't normally have. They don't have to fly in to be there. But in, a, in some ways, it's just really strange doing it on Zoom or in the virtual world and not doing it live. Yeah, because on Zoom, unless you have a producer or a tech person in the room with you, you don't get the immediate reaction from the audience. I mean, you have, you have to imagine the beat. You have to imagine the laugh as you as you go from one part of the act to the next. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge for you as a performer. It really is. And when you think about how can I incorporate certain things that, you know, talk about topical things or global things, especially uh, in the summer, and I was doing a lot of homage to, like, Jane Fonda and Greenpeace and Fire Drill Fridays and, you know, her climate crisis, all the work she's doing, and then also tip my hat to Grace and Frankie because that's still my favorite show mm -hmm. and, you know, see the response, what millennials are into because a lot of the people that go to the clubs are, it's not that much of a broad demographic. It is more like the millennials. So you find out very quickly in those particular settings, you know, who relates to what and then like what jokes or what content would be better for like a show business crowd or an older crowd. Um, that is a whole learning process in defining my persona, too. Which goes back to what we talked about before. I mean, sometimes it may take a while before you find your exact piece of ground, your exact comfort zone as a performer, and then build your build future performances from there. Exactly. And, you know, I, I kind of am doing like, a, well, I wrote a parody. Um, well, I'll just say, I don't like to give too much away, but because it all happens live and I change things around, but I'm very, you know, glued and obsessed in my own way to, like, Paranormal Caught on Camera and those shows on the Discovery Channel and the Travel Channel, and I binged all during the pandemic, more horror stuff than ever, 
even when it wasn't Halloween, um, and just very tuned into the supernatural um, shows that were on. And Wendigos, for some reason, and Skinwalkers, those two, but especially the Wendigo has come into vogue as of late and really been the, the topic of a lot of these, you know, paranormal nonfiction, you know, like sightings of the Wendigo. So I, I just put together this... Um, parody of uh, just a gigolo instead of that it's just a windigo and how a windigo would get a date <laughs> they really are ugly so and also i don't sing it very well you know i'm singing it like like a windigo would or just with that kind of parody mentality so i've kind of dropped the you know perfect singing just in the space in which i'm doing this yeah cat cat as you know as our listeners know is is a classically trained performer you have to be a very good singer to sing badly you are right yes yeah and um so that's a big challenge too Kat Kramer is on the line with us. Kat will be performing stand-up comedy in a special Halloween-themed show on Friday, October 29th at the historic Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood, California. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll talk some more with Kat, including her experience performing as the opening act for Milton Berle early in her performing career. Plus, Kat will pay tribute to her dear friend Ed Asner. All that and more we come back on TV Confidential. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.